The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post brand studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, March 4th. In today's news, 23 are dead in Alabama tornadoes. The Senate has the votes to pass a resolution disapproving of President Trump's national emergency. And Venezuela's opposition leader may get arrested later today. But first, the big idea. Several Democratic presidential hopefuls came to Selma, Alabama on Sunday for the annual pilgrimage to remember Bloody Sunday and honor the civil rights movement. The event was an opportunity for 2020 candidates to reach out to African-American leaders. But for much of the day, the focus was not on the party's future, but on its past nominee, Hillary Clinton, and a display of the lingering tension between her and her 2016 rival, Bernie Sanders. Clinton appeared at a unity breakfast in her honor. Ironically, it was held at a community college named after George Wallace. While her 2016 campaign struggled in part because of a failure to turn out enough African-American voters in places like Detroit, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, no such lack of enthusiasm was on display Sunday. A small choir serenaded Clinton with a song about moving forward, rising up, and climbing higher mountains. Hillary, one verse went, you're still rising. One speaker made a request for when she is president. Some wore t-shirts that said, Hillary is my president. A state senator got a standing ovation from the crowd of 700 when he said Hillary was elected president of the United States, but, quote, it was stolen from her. It was stolen from her by the FBI. It was stolen from her by the Russians. Now, Bernie attended the breakfast, too, and made the rounds. It was his first interaction with Clinton since they faced off in 2016. And by all accounts, it was frosty. While Clinton gave Cory Booker an effusive hug, her exchange with Sanders was brief. As he passed by quickly, she reached out and initiated a terse hello. The lingering tension has reemerged in recent days since Sanders was asked on ABC's The View Friday whether he plans to meet with Clinton, as others seeking the Democratic nomination have done. He said, quote, I suspect not. Asked if he's interested in her advice, he responded, quote, I think not. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Monday. Number one, in another part of Alabama, at least 23 people died last night after tornadoes ripped through parts of the southeast. Lee County Sheriff Jay Jones said he expects the number to rise since there are more people still unaccounted for, including children. Lee County includes Auburn University. It's about 100 miles southwest of Atlanta. According to the Weather Service, the first tornado to hit Lee County was an F3, meaning wind speeds were at least 136 miles per hour. The National Weather Service estimates that the tornado was at least half a mile wide. It was the deadliest day for tornadoes since 2013. Damage from severe weather was also reported across southern Alabama, Georgia, and the Florida Panhandle. In other extreme weather news, an Arctic blast of cold air has sent temperatures nosediving across most of the United States. Meteorologists say it could be 50 degrees below normal in areas from Montana to Kansas. Schools are closed today in New York and Boston because of snow sacking the Northeast. Number two, Senator Rand Paul, the Republican from Kentucky, announced that he will vote to block Trump's emergency declaration at the southern border, giving the resolution enough votes to pass the Senate this week. 
In a speech at a Lincoln Day dinner in southern Kentucky, Paul said he, quote, can't vote to give extra constitutional powers to the president. Paul joins fellow Republican Senators Susan Collins from Maine, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, and Tom Tillis from North Carolina in formally opposing Trump's move. While the resolution is now likely to clear the Senate, and it already passed the House last week, lawmakers in both chambers still lack the votes to override a promised presidential veto. Still, it's an embarrassing rebuke to Trump. Number three, opposition leader Juan Guaido plans on returning to Venezuela today after two weeks of meeting with foreign leaders abroad. He expects there will be nationwide demonstrations against authoritarian President Nicolas Maduro as he does so. But Maduro might arrest him as soon as he sets foot back in the country. Maduro notes that Guaido defied a court order barring him from leaving the South American country. Guaido has not said exactly when or where he'll re-enter Venezuela, but he's been on a tour of several Latin American nations. In a speech in Ecuador on Sunday night, he urged his supporters to take to the streets if he's arrested. Meanwhile, Colombian President Ivan Duque predicted that Maduro's days in power are about to end. In an interview with The Post, he said that he thinks Maduro could find sanctuary in Cuba, which has long had a close relationship with Venezuela and helped build Maduro's security and intelligence agencies. For now, though, Maduro shows no signs of willingly leaving Caracas. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, March 4th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.